0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today, on A Transforming Word.
1: There's a glory in dealing with the affliction. Endure it. Go through it. Don't go around it. Don't try to get out of it. Go through it. Because if you go through affliction as a believer, who goes through it with you? Jesus. You're made richer. You're made stronger. You're made better. It's better to go through affliction with God than to avoid it and not be. Sometimes we'll see that that might cause affliction, so I'm not going. And so we never get to experience God's supernatural energy. We never get to experience God's touch. We never get to experience what God would do if I were just to, I'm gonna go through that with the Lord and just see what he does.
0: Oftentimes, we tend to think of affliction as being a negative connotation. We also often think of affliction as being punishment for wrongdoing. In today's message, Pastor Bill will remind you that there is glory in affliction. If you are going through a difficult time, Who do you want to be with you in that time? Who better than a lover of your soul and the maker of the universe? In times of need, draw near to Christ and he will draw near to you when you make the effort to make time for him and his word. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4 for today's edition of A Transforming Word.
1: The whole, you know, you can name it and claim it. If you believe it, you can receive it. You can have as much as you want. If you should be rich, not poor, the head, not the tail, all that type stuff. Those ministries flourish, interestingly, in areas where people are broke. Because what do broke people want. I want to get some money so I can quit being broke. So the preacher says, if all I got to do is give him some more of my money and I won't be broke. But the problem is, right, if I was a pyramid scheme, which I'm not, pastor, if I was a pyramid scheme, and I put myself at the top of the pyramid and I said, look, all you people, uh, the way I got here was by doing these things, by giving. So you guys give to me, you guys can get where I am. So all you guys give to me, so I got a cooler car and I got bling on and I'm like, look at, look, I'm, look at how I got where I'm going, I'm like, ooh, ooh. I'm, like I, I'm making it, I'm all that, you know, but the way you get here, you got to keep giving, keep giving and then y'all keep giving, but y'all never get here, but I'm here. Um, that's what those things work like. And you got broke people that just buy into it because they want, I want to be rich. I want to have millions of dollars. I want, to, I, want to, I want to prosper. And so those ministries flourish in places where people are impoverished. The sad thing is, you would think after so many years of being there, people would realize, I'm still broke. <laughs> he got a new car. <laughs> I'm still broke. <laughs> he got a new watch. I'm still broke. He got another house. I'm st- you, know, you would think that, that at some point it would kick in, but when you don't know the word, because you had a place that won't teach it, and that's where you submitted yourself to, you're just kind of stuck in that dumbness, and that's all you got. All you know is what you've only been shown. So Paul tells Timothy, preach the word. And the very next thing, he says, hey, but the time is coming where people want to endure it. They're not going to want to hear it. Why does he tell him that? I think he does it for this reason. He said, Timothy, the thing that God's calling you to do is not an easy thing. God's calling you to do something that the majority of people ain't going to want to hear it. And I'm telling you up front, so when you go to do it and you're like, they don't want to hear it, you won't be discouraged. You'll be like, that's what Paul said. He said that they won't endure sound doctrine. Not everybody, but a lot of people won't. A lot of people won't endure it. They won't sit through it. They won't take that. They want to be encouraged. They want to, they want to have their ears tickled. They want to have funny jokes. They want, to be, they want to have an experience. They want to have entertainment, but they won't endure sound teaching. But that's what we need. That's what Paul did. When, when you look at Paul, when he was giving messages, Paul wasn't telling jokes. Paul wasn't in there, you know, you know copying the near the, the, the latest. I don't know. They had comics back then. Paul wasn't there giving them people the word of God. When he left the church in the Ephesus, he says, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. The time I speak here with you guys, I broke bread. I gave you guys the word of God. You guys have it all. I gave it to you. And he left them in good place. I left you with the word of God. You guys will make it. Now you guys will be okay. And so we want to be careful as believers that, that we're not those that say, you know what? I want to hear what I want to hear. You know, um, That's what a lot of people are like. I did uh, At the church I used to work at, I did counseling. And I would be amazed at how common this would have frequently this would happen you'd have someone come in to you for counseling and you sit down with them and they say okay it's my situation and they tell you their situation you know i'm living with my girlfriend we're not married but we live like this and is it okay no it's not okay it's a sin yeah sleeping with her is that called fornication if you die and go to hell no it's not okay no and then they leave and you look next week and they're in someone else's office just looking to see if they can get someone to tell them it's okay why are you asking 10 different people? Well, we, we read the verse, bro. Like I gave you the sound doctrine. Look, it says no fornicator will inherit the kingdom of God. Like, how, What else do you need to know? And they'll be in another office. Same thing. You know, someone come out. I want to leave my husband. Why? Because I just can't stand him. I just want to leave him. Really? You know I mean, but you don't have biblical grounds. But I can't stand him. I hate him. I'm unhappy. God wants me to be happy. That's not what the Bible says. No, not OK. Then they'll be in another office. Then they'll be in another office. And then they can't get a pastor to say it. Then they'll be in a women's counseling, trying to see if they get her to say it. And I'm like, oh, we're going to call a meeting and say, everybody need to tell her, just give her the same verses. That would happen all the time. And you find that people, are, well, she's, her ears are itching. I want someone to tell me what I want to hear so I can do what I want to do. People do that with church the same way. So we want to be careful that we're not those people, that when you get the truth, you realize that that's what I got to do, the truth. It's not going to change. It's not going to change next week. And if somebody does tell you what you want to hear, you need to be careful about that. Be careful, you know. I've had people offer me bad counsel. And those people are not qualified to be counselors in my life. I'd rather have someone tell me what I don't want to hear, but I know I need to do, than have somebody tell me what I want to hear, but I know it's not in line with the Spirit. And we all have people like that in our lives. You guys have people in your life that you come to them, you know they're going to give you the word, but you don't want it. But they going to give it to you, and you know those people. Oh, I know they. I know what they're gonna say. I know what they're gonna say. And you ask me, that's I knew they was gonna say that. <sighs> and it's like, but look, you also got your people that you can go to and be like, I know they're gonna just kind of say what I want. I'm gonna go to them, and they're be like, what for real, man? I, you know, this is what I would do. <laughs> you know, we all got them people too. Be careful that you open up your life to them people. That's that's you in that instance. That's having itching ears. I just want somebody to tell me what I want to hear. Man, I wouldn't put up with that. True, I would just. Whatever, you know, and I, you be careful. You go do that counsel. I'll be coming to see you at prison. Come on, I, oh man, that guy told me I should, just, I should just hit him. And so I hit him. And now you're in, you in, you in the hitting place, in the cell, you know. Paul tells him to preach the word. But he says, after, you do, after he told him to do it, he says, hey, people are not going to want to hear it. They're not going to endure sound doctrine. They're going to having itching ears. They're going to be heaping up teachers to themselves. Tell them what they want to hear. They can be turned aside to fables. Fables just means empty stories. They can be turned aside to stories. But then look what he says. But Timothy, but you, despite the fact that they're not going to want to hear it, despite the fact that it won't be popular, despite the fact that people are going to prefer to hear these other things, but you. Three things is be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. What's he mean by that? He says, Timothy, so what about them? So but about the fact that they don't want to hear. So what about the fact that a lot of people are wanting to have their ears? You, despite the fact that you'll be living in a time that's like that, what you do, you be watchful in all things. You be careful with your life. Walk circumspectly. Be careful. Be watchful. Pay attention. You're you're in in a war zone, spiritually speaking. Be be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. You're going to go through hard times. He doesn't say get out of afflictions. He doesn't say try to avoid affliction. He says endure afflictions. And again, Christians don't want to, that's not popular preaching today. People don't want to hear that. Don't tell me to endure afflictions. Tell me how God going to deliver me. And Paul says, hey, Timothy, endure afflictions. You just be ready to deal with it. There's a glory in dealing with the affliction. Endure it. Go through it. Don't go around it. Don't try to get out of it. Go through it. Because If you go through affliction as a believer, who goes through it with you? Jesus. You're made richer. You're made stronger. You're made better. It's better to go through affliction with God than to avoid it and not need him. And sometimes we'll see that that might cause affliction, so I'm not going. And so we never get to experience God supernaturally intervening. We never get to experience God's touch. We never get to experience what God would do if I were just to... I'm going to go through that with the Lord and just see what he does. But you think about the stories in the Bible that amaze you. Joseph. You know, the story about Joseph and what you see over and over again about Joseph, it says, and God was with him. And when he was in prison, God was with him. And when he was in the house, God was with him. And God was with him all the way until he got where he was supposed to be. Look at Daniel in the lion's den. Who showed up down there? The Lord was with him down there. Angels didn't let the lions eat him up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow down and worship his silly image. And they got thrown into the fire. And as they're down there in the fire, the guy looks down and sees that the Lord is there with him in the fire. Um, and you read those stories and you're like, man, that's, that's cool stuff. You want to you you go through this you want to see that happen in your life, you got to endure affliction. If, if something difficult comes and you're like, I'm going to bust a U-turn here because it was getting kind of hot. I've seen people quit ministries because ever since I started serving God, it's been hard. That's what the devil wanted. You got to keep going. I don't like to complain because I don't think it's, it doesn't glorify God. But I would say this not in a complaintive way, uh, but in a way that's it just it's reality. If I mark just time spent serving the Lord, time spent stepping out in faith, doing things for God, I can tell you that some of the most difficult things, some of the most hurtful things, some of the most um, my world is rocked things, everything's out of balance, things have come through just obeying the call of God. And but this is the thing. And I can say it with each one. It's when when you get to the other side, you're better for it every single time. Every single hardship, every single difficulty, every single thing that's come, like, God, I did what you told me to do, and then that happened. And God's like, so just keep going. Just keep going. Don't quit now. It'd just be bad for nothing. Now you got to just keep going. you got to get to the other side. But eventually, you get to the other side, and you say, man, as I come through that, I, I, I know some things about him better. There's some things I know in theory when I read my Bible, but there's some things that I know in reality as I walk with God. And as you walk through hardship, and as you endure difficulty, and you realize it, man, he's right there with me. In those dark moments when I don't know what to do and I'm just, I cry out, God's like, I'm right here, I got you, I heard that, I'm listening. He's there, He's reaching out, ministering. And it just, to me, it ministers to me. But I realize that if I pull out, if I just say, no, I'm gonna take my life back into my hands and keep it safe, I can live my life in such a way where I don't need God to intervene, so God doesn't. So I don't get to see his hand. So I, in theory, know that God's always present, but I've I'm, I'm never seen it, I've never experienced it. Don't live like that. God's gonna call you to do some things that are risky. God's telling Timothy straight up front, hey, preach the word. They ain't going to want to hear it, but you do it anyway. You do it anyway. You don't do it because they want to hear it. You do it because I told you to do it. You do it because you, you have an obligation to do it. You do it because I've commanded you to do it, and you do it because it's going to be fruitful. But you're going to endure affliction. And he tells them, so be watchful in all things, endure affliction. Tell them, do the work of an evangelist. What does an evangelist do? Preaches the gospel, shares the gospel. There's a difference between a pastoral teaching ministry, and an evangelist ministry. Um, now, some pastors are also evangelists, like Greg Glory. He's a pastor. He teaches the word, but he, he also has the gift of evangelism, and he speaks, and people come to the Lord in mass. Paul tells Timothy, look, not necessarily have the gift of evangelism, but do the work of an evangelist. What's that tell me? What's that tell you? It means that do I have to be an evangelist to evangelize? No. Every Christian is supposed to share the gospel every christian now some will be gifted some will be very gifted and you'll be like man they just everywhere they go they people just getting saved they're like falling on fruit off the trees i go i tell 20 people and they're like nope 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 but but you got to keep doing it you know if you're a christian and you've never had the pleasure of watching someone commit their life to christ not in a condemning way i love everybody here i would challenge you to 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 sow more seeds because the more you do it the, the more likely you are to find someone that's like, yes, I do need the Lord. I do want to surrender my life to the Lord. I don't know if I got any salesmen here. Don't raise your hand if you are. Um, but if you're a salesman, right, how many no's do you have to endure to get a yes? A lot of no's. A lot of no's. A lot of nope, nope, no, no. no, no. But, but you finally get that yes. That's your commission. That's your payday. If you're going to be a good salesman, you got to get good at enduring the no's. If you're a salesman and you'll get your feelings hurt, after three or four no's, I hate this job. they all telling me no. I'm not good at you. You quit. You got to find something else to do or you'll be broke, right? If you're going to be a good salesman, you got to get good at enduring no. You got to just let that fall off your back and keep it moving until you find a yes or you won't make it. And this thing of evangelizing, sharing the gospel with you, again, can't take it personal. You got to be okay with somebody saying, I don't agree. I disagree. I hate what you just said to me. You know, they, they might judge you and say, you know, all kind of, okay, that's all right. But I'm going to find that one person. I'm going to find those people that say, man, I needed to hear. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. Man, would you, you know, pray pray with me right now, you know? I took one time, we did a high school trip, and we would do trips out of the country, and I realized some kids couldn't raise up the money to go out of the country, so we would do a local mission trip where we would live at the church for the week, and every single day I would lay out a day full of evangelism outreach things. So some days we one day you go to Rest Mission, Feed the Homeless, Practical Ministry. Another day was all witnessing. And I remember doing this one day. We took kids. We so went going to three different types of people. We went to the Hood. We went down to Merck Park to do evangelism. Uh, we went to Santa Monica Promenade, a different culture of people there. And then we went to the Block in Orange. And I said, in each place, you're going to see different types of people. But we're going to go and share the gospel. We got out to the Block in Orange, and I would pair up the kids stronger with a weaker. And I had one girl that just wouldn't, I'm like, everybody has to share. You've got to share. You go once, then she goes. How do you figure out, just walk up to somebody and talk, right? At, and at the block in orange, there were all these kiosks. And I'm like, just go talk to, they, they got nobody buying them from, go we'll talk to one of them people at the kiosk. And so I had one girl that was just petrified. She's like, I can't do it. And she cried, and I'm like, let me pray with you. And I said, I'm going to just, I'm, I'm going to stand here, but you're going to, I want, you have to overcome this. I'm not, t- we're not going home till you overcome this. And I kid you not, she walks up. It was a girl at a kiosk with these little, that would curl your hair. You know, they were selling hair curlers or whatever. And she walks up to this girl, and she's all nervous, and she's all like, like I just wanted to come like God wanted me to tell you something. And, and she, she like mumble through the gospel, and the girl start crying. She was like, you know, I've been backslidden. I've been away from the Lord. She's doing this job because she wanted to have her freedom from her parents, and moved out from her home, and she broke down right there because she was having a bad day, the job's not working out, she's miserable, and she was right there was like, yes, pray for me, and then the group came over and prayed, and so then afterwards, she's like, oh, my God, God, use me. She's all, like, you know, hyped up, and I'm like, now, now she got fired. Now it's like, now, see, you just had to do it, right? She was just ready, but how many people just walked away, and how many people like, never mind, no, I don't want to talk, I'm busy, I'm at work, but you got that one person that said, Man, I would, she was would just like fruit ready to fall off the tree and, and it, it, that was what she needed to be encouraged to keep going those people are out there um, but we have to have a heart that says "Yeah, I don't care about somebody not appreciating what I had to say or that I interrupted day day with this because what, 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 when you meet that one person is it worth it? That's, is that would be worth it every time that would be worth everybody that blew you off everybody that didn't want to hear it to get somebody that says man I'm glad you said that I'm glad you shared that with me today person that just needed they needed somebody to walk them through what they need to do to be saved and why they need to be saved so again he says do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry and then this next section here he says for i am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand and so paul tells Timothy, you know we're gonna we're only gonna go to verse 8 uh he says look i'm already being poured out as a drink offering Paul's telling Timothy, my life's almost about to be over. The drink offering is, uh, we see it in Exodus. The first time we see the drink offering is in Genesis 35, 14. This is all it was. Um, some of you guys that maybe grew up in the hood, you see somebody and maybe they drink a 40 and they pour some out for the, for the dead homies. A drink offering is kind of like that, not exactly, but it'd be, it was the last part. You'd offer this offering to the Lord and they would take wine and they would pour wine out on the offering as a, a drink offering. It was uh, It was like you're giving that, To the Lord is offering it back, offering that wine to the Lord. It's called a drink offering. It was the last part of the offering. And Paul says, hey, I'm just about ready to be poured out. So what was the first part of Paul's offering then? If the drink offering is the last part, what was the first part of Paul's offering? I believe that it was the life that he lived. Paul says, I've given my life, right? He encouraged us. Give your bodies a what? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Paul said, that's my offering. But now I'm about ready. It's almost done. Here's my drink offering. I'm pouring it. This letter I'm writing you Timothy, this last little bit I'm doing, this is my drink offering. I'm almost ready to go and meet the Lord. And I don't read my Bible like a fairy tale. I read my Bible and say, "Man, this man was getting ready to die. They were going to murder him." And I don't hear any fear. I don't hear any self-preservation. I don't hear anything in Paul's writing that says, "I don't want this to happen to me." I want to be safe. I don't want to, I don't, I don't hear anything in him that's worried about him. And that, that minister, it challenges me and it ministers to me that Paul was like, I am ready to be poured out of the drink offering. Like an offering is something you offer. You give it up. He's not resisting this. He's just saying, okay, this is my lot in life. I'm going to die for the Lord. I read this and it's like, God, the little bit of stuff that you've called me to endure, the whatever difficult, it may seem difficult at times. It may seem harsh. It, it should be something that we just say, "I'm God, I get to give this to you. Do you see your difficulty in the Lord as something you get to offer to God? You need to see it that way. God, I offer this to you. Here's my life. And as I serve you and as I do the things you call me to do, I have maybe this challenge, that challenge, but I offer this to you. I, it's, it's something I get to give to you, Lord. He says, the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And those three things, Paul says, I'm at the end. And he's able to say, I I fought the good fight. What's the good fight? It's the fight of faith. I didn't quit. I didn't quit. You can't quit and say you fought the good fight. In order to fight the good fight, you got to not quit. You got to endure the hardship. You got to go all the way through it. So Paul says, look, I fought the good fight. I didn't quit. I didn't give up. I didn't fall back. Uh, I finished the race. Every Christian has a race. Um, We're not racing against one another. We each have our own personal race. There's things that God has called me personally to do. And I'm not not to line up with my brother and see if I can get in front of him and beat him. He's got a personal race. My job is to help him run his race. He's helped me run my race. I throw him some Gatorade. He'll throw me some tennis shoes. We're helping each other run this thing together. But we're all trying to get our personal best. It's our own individual race. Paul said, look, I ran my race. Stayed in my lane, and I ran my race. The, the, The things God gave me to do, I did them. Fought a good fight. I run the race. I finished my race, I'm sorry, and I have kept the faith. Haven't fallen away. Haven't fallen away from me. I've kept the faith. It says, finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not, not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. Paul says, I'm looking forward. I'm going to receive a crown, a crown of righteousness. I'm going to receive that from the Lord and not just me only. He says, but all those and notice who he says, all those that love his appearing. Right. There are people that are looking forward to the Lord's return. You only can look forward to the Lord's return if you are right with him. There are people that are not right with the Lord. There, there are some of you right now, if I said, man, the Lord, if the Lord came back right now, there are people in this room that be like, yes, glory. Best. You go and get your rapture poles. You get ready to go. You know, just, you're just excited. Like, that would just be the best thing that could happen today. Just go be with the Lord, you know? There are others that would be frightened. Oh, man, I'm not sure I'm ready. I'm, I know I'm not ready. And that's just a reality, right? If if you're not in a place where you can say, I love his appearing, I look for if the Lord came, I'm cool with that. Whenever you come, Lord, I love your appearing. I love for you to show up. If you don't have that, if your heart's not in that place where you say, I would love the Lord to come. I, I love his appearing. That crown's laid up for those people who love his appearing. Why don't you love his appearing? Why are you afraid of his appearing? And what do you need to do about that? Right. If you say I'm not I'm not I wouldn't be excited for the Lord to come back because I'm not living right. Then today you can repent of not living right. He'll forgive you, right? Everything we need to get, everything that we need to be made right, He's made available to us. He did the work for you. Every, he took all, the Bible says He took all of our sins upon Himself and He died. He paid the full price for them so that you and me wouldn't have to live under the guilt of our sins. And so we got to give them to Him and give our lives to Him and know that He takes them away. And so for some, if I, don't, I can't look forward to His coming because I'm not right. Then you could be right today, though. You could get right. You could today say, God, forgive me. I am sorry. I've lived that way. I agree with you that it's wrong. And I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the grave. And God will forgive you today. And you can you can not be afraid. You can be ready to love his appearing. You can look forward to a day of meeting him. You could be here saying, you know what? I've, I've just not submitted my life to Christ. I know the gospel. I've heard the gospel. I've listened. But I, I've never really committed my life to the Lord. God will let you. You can commit your life to the Lord today. And God will take you. He'll receive you as his own. So." As we wrap this up, um, I want to give a moment for anyone that's in those places to say, well, I I just have things that need to be dealt with. I'm not right with the Lord, but I want to get right. I want want you to have an opportunity to get right. God has made it so easy, you guys, and that's why he judges us for not doing it. You know, God says, this is how easy it is to get right with me. You've been sinning, you confess it, and repent. I will forgive you. It's a done deal. I'm not going to get even with you. I'm not looking to you know, make fun of you or put you down. I, I died. I love sinners. I want to clean you. I want to wash you. Not saved. God, I, I, I just come to me. I, I'm the salvation. Salvation is in Jesus. Come to him. He will save you. He doesn't turn anybody away. There's nobody that God's like, mm, no, nah, not you. No, nah, too, too bad. I, that list of sin, too long. Nobody. And so that's why there's no one that's going to stand before him that's rejected and that's going to be okay. Because, God, at that point you stand before God and you're not saved It's because you have it's been said that you literally have to step over the cross to get to hell. You got to jump. You got to step right over the cross of Christ. I know he died. I see it. I understand it. But I'm stepping right over it to go keep doing my thing. That's how you get to hell. Step over the cross. Don't step over the cross. Bow at the cross. Say thank you at the cross. Humble yourself at the cross. Receive his mercy and his forgiveness at the cross.
0: The Apostle Paul exhorts his readers in 2 Timothy 4.2 to preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. This means that whenever, wherever, and whomever you come in contact, it's time to share the good news of Jesus. It's time to tell people what the Bible says and to invite others into a relationship with Christ. His gospel message isn't just for those who you think are deserving. It's for everyone. Don't let time go by without standing up for the truth of God's Word. It can be exactly what someone else needs to hear today. Thanks for joining us here on The Transforming Word. We want you to know that we're praying for you. If there's ever anything you'd like us to pray for specifically, please reach out at 310-245-4811. You can call or text. That number again is 310-245-4811. You are invited to join us for church this weekend too calvary chapel Inglewood meets every sunday at 9 and 11 a.m as well as wednesday evenings at 7 p.m you'll be able to find all the information you need when you visit our website CalvaryInglewood.org. if you can't join us in person please come join us online we'll continue to live stream on youtube live facebook live and instagram you can get links on our website too again that's CalvaryInglewood.org. while you're there Be sure to check out more of Pastor Bill's messages from this and other books of the Bible. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time for another edition of A Transforming Word.